Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Amanda. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm so excited. I think that this podcast is going to be so much fun and not just for us. I think it's going to be fun for you listening as well. I know. I feel like for our listeners, Sarah and I have these marathon conversations about business and life. And we just got to the point where we were like, we should record these and share these with people because they may find them interesting. Yeah. And I think we'll probably talk more, a lot more about this on this podcast. For me, I spent a couple of years as an entrepreneur, honestly, just feeling really lonely and wishing that I had somebody who like really gets it. And also I click with personally. And when we met this year, it opened all of that up for me. And being able to have those conversations with somebody, both as a friend, you know, about business and brainstorming and setting goals and and coming up with ideas and walking through the logistics of things. Like, I don't know. It's really fun. It really is, which makes me think we should jump in. I have all these questions to ask you. We want to take this episode and introduce ourselves to you guys and let you know a little bit more about what we're going to do here. Yeah. The whole thing that we're doing is we want to build a sense of community. We don't want anyone to feel like they're doing this alone. I don't know. Maybe this is really cheesy, but that whole saying you can sit with us. So today is all about getting to know us. We also want to get to know you. We're going to share a lot of ways you can connect with us at the end, but for now, yeah, let's get to know each other. (laughs) Let's do it. All right, Sarah. So where are you from and what do you do for a living? (laughs) So originally I'm from Maryland, Pennsylvania, but I'm currently living in Arizona and I've actually been here for like half my life. And what I do for a living, I am a podcast producer and strategic consultant, and I'm also the CEO and founder of a podcast strategy consultation company called PodFox. What about you? That's amazing. Um, I am a virtual assistant and I have a specialty in digital marketing. And I'm originally from a little town called Bruton, Alabama, but now I have lived in Mobile, Alabama, which is right on the bay and the birthplace of Mardi Gras for the past almost 10 years, which is crazy the amount of time that has gone since I've moved to this area. That's fun. And I love your accent. So. You know, that's like my number one fear. When we decided we were going to start a podcast, I was like, people are going to make so much fun of my accent. I don't, I I don't even realize that I have. Okay. Well, good. That makes me feel a little bit better. (laughs) So how long have you been in business? I have been a full-time working for myself, virtual assistant for the past over a year now. So just a little over a year. Absolutely love it. I know we'll dig deeper, but I left my corporate job um, about six to eight months ago to go full-time and I have been obsessed with it ever since. How long have you been in business? 
Yeah, I started my business going full time all in at the end of 2019. So I've just rounded off year three and started year four. And that sounds honestly crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy that we've known each other for a year now and seeing how much your business has grown in just the past year and what your goals are for moving forward. If you did not listen to the intro or you have not heard our trailer, I am Sarah's full-time virtual assistant. And our partnership has been literally going on for the past year nonstop. And her growth has been incredible. I'm your biggest cheerleader. Oh, thank you. Back at you. And I mean, I've watched your business grow too, because you were pretty new to the game when we met and now you're thriving and killing it. And so, yeah, it's really fun because I think both of us are really, this is so gross and cheesy too. Everyone that hears this is going to be like, Sarah's the cheesy one. And you know what? (laughs) I'm okay with it. But we're both like goal getters and we, I think, are willing to work hard when it's warranted and want to achieve really big things. And I think that has a big part of why we have the big and big brave business. (laughs) Yes. And I think we will definitely have to deep dive more into that, why it's so brave and why it's so scary working for yourself, but also the absolute most rewarding thing. And like greatest part of my life is the fact that I get to work for myself. What made you decide to start? Uh, Well, officially the story is I I had actually been studying entrepreneurship for a while and I was really interested and I had 10,000 ideas, but what actually gave me the kick in the butt that I needed to actually just go all in and start is I lost my job and that's a vulnerable share. It really sucked, but I know that a lot of people find themselves in that situation. And especially unfortunately at this time of year, It's hard. You know, it was after a very long round of layoff after layoff after layoff. And I was pretty blindsided because I'd actually received a promotion and a raise less than six months prior. And so it just felt completely out of nowhere. And I was the primary earner for my family of five. It was right before the holidays. And so I went all in on this business. I had been helping people with podcasts. Lots of people had told me you should start a podcast business. You should help people with podcasts as a job because everyone needs help. Everybody is thinking about podcasting and they don't know how to do it. And that was even before the pandemic. Again, we'll probably talk more about this. I feel like we're going to say that this whole episode because this is just episode one. (laughs) But when when I say I went all in, I mean, there was no option to fail. Like Mm -hmm. we had to keep a roof over our kids' heads. Right. And so when I decided to do this, you could say it was very high risk, but if you know me, nothing I do is high risk. (laughs) I'm like the (laughs) lowest risk person you will ever be. Very true. Uh, I color inside the lines and I follow all the rules. And so, um, but I think what I kind of had the realization was, um, coloring inside the lines and following all the rules wasn't getting me anywhere. I still found myself without a job. Right. And so I went all in with no option for failure and then it just grew from there. (laughs) But that probably fueled you a lot though, too. The inability to that you couldn't fail. Yeah. I think I also had a lot of blessings. Like my family was very supportive of me. Like my household was very supportive of me. My partner, I have a partner who was very supportive 
he <laughs> was a full-time grad student and was working oh part-time at the same time. So uh, it's not like he was funding my dream or anything like that, but we did have a little bit of a, a nest egg, a little bit of savings. And I'm blessed that we were in that position. It was the first, <laughs> weirdly, it was the first time in my life I ever was in that position where I really had like a quote unquote life savings to use and mm. <laughs> we used it. So. <laughs> You're like, I had it and I used it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but thank goodness we had it. And I think that's something that I don't take for granted. I know not everybody is in a position where they can just go all in and say, let's just do it. Like you still have to pay your bills. <laughs> and that's right. why I feel like a lot of the business advice out there and stuff, it's, it's like people are are either lying or they're like too big for their britches and they forget what it's like that just regular people are living paycheck to paycheck and they just have to pay their bills. Yeah. I cringe sometimes when I see things come through my Instagram feed and it's business advice. And it's like, if you wanted to, you would, or if you wanted to start a business, you would have already done it by now. And I'm like, what a toxic mindset that is because people don't always have the resources to just start their dream business. You know, I I mean, you have to start from somewhere and people still have to be able to, you know, pay for water, you know, at your house. Yes. I think that like grossly neglects the social structure and the economic structure that we live in and how most people are living. And I think if you are listening to this and you have not started a business and you want to, there is nothing wrong with you. Exactly. So tell me, Amanda, why did you decide to start your business? Yeah. So I think the best way to to jump into it was I was working corporate marketing for a clinical research trials company. And I was the head of marketing. I was super thankful for the job that I had because it was a prestigious position and I didn't have all the resources or experience to take on a job that big. And they really supported me and, you know, wanted to give me the ability to grow into the position. So I stayed there for five years, but I knew that I had maxed out at the position I was at. I knew I would never make more money. I knew I would never get more responsibility. And I felt like I had so many talents that I wasn't getting to use in that position. And I remember one day I came home and I looked at my husband and I said, I just wish I had a job that I could take all of the experience, whether it's video editing or social media management, website design. I wish I could take all those abilities and put them into one job instead of just focusing on one side of my brain, you know, and also admin work. I actually enjoy doing admin work. So I started working, trying to find a place that would let me even have that option. And I stumbled upon virtual assisting and completely by accident, which if you're listening to this and you're hoping that you find something new for yourself, I would just say to not be woo-woo about it, but to open yourself up to say, hey, I want to do something different. I I believe something is going to come my way and then it will. It does. That is how it has always worked for me. And so I started virtual assisting about a year ago. I started with three clients. Now I've worked my way up to 26 ranging from hours from, you know, four hours a month to, you know, 60. And I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much because it did let me do all the things and it had all the um, unique aspects of working with a wide range of clients and industries. And so I made the jump and it kind of 
unlike you, I did not have to like, I had the option to fail, right? If I failed, I was, I could go find another job tomorrow, but it was more of like competition with myself. I wanted to prove that I could do it. I didn't want anybody to tell me that it couldn't work. And where I live, and I know there's a stigma everywhere, and we'll talk about it more about working from home and is even a real job, right? So my dad still doesn't know or understand what I do for a living. You know, he thinks I work in like VR, like virtual reality when I say virtual assistant. (laughs) So I made that jump to do it full time and I have zero, absolute zero regrets. I love so much about your story. And you know what? I relate to a lot of the stuff that you say, even if our backstory is a little bit different. I also wanted to prove that it could be done. I think our mutual colleague and friend, Doreen Korba. Shout out to Doreen. Yeah. She always says that she felt like there has to be another way. And that is exactly how I felt too. And I think you relate to that too, where it's like working in my quote unquote, real job, I felt like I was giving everything that makes me me, everything, all of my talent, my skill, my time into someone else's wealth, someone else's vision, someone else's legacy. And, and then I would get home and I would have nothing left. And it's like, you make dinner, do laundry, go to bed just to get up and do it all over again. And it felt like the people and the things in my life that should be my biggest priority and that I wanted to invest myself into those people and things got less of me and worse of me because I was giving so much to my J-O-B right (laughs) so (laughs) it felt like I just kept waiting for the scale to tip where like as I get older as I get further in my career if I get more and more education eventually this is going to tip in the other way but it started to feel like there was no tipping. It was just more work. (laughs) Right. I remember coming home and just feeling every day, like I was a zombie, just mentally drained going through the motions. And I have always been a homebody. And so I felt working for myself and working from home was the big dream, the big goal to not have to leave my house, to go work in an office or just to go sit in an office by myself, which was what I was doing, you know? Um, I've had people ask me all the time, how do you stand to just be by yourself all the time? And to your point earlier, it does get lonely. Like you do need friends that are in the business, but also I was feeling very alone in my company that I was working at. I sat in an office by myself all day long and there was no human element. There was no human interaction. When you're a virtual assistant, a lot of your job is helping to, or most of your job is helping other people to build their businesses. And so that to me fuels me every single day. The small wins that I get to see my clients achieve fuels me in a way that I can't even describe that I did not even know I was missing for the five years that I was working corporate. So that leads me to my next question for you. How do you define success for yourself in your business? Oh, in business. Um, I I specifically wanted to make it in business. Yeah, I like that. Okay. In business, I think I define success in like one big part of it is, am I still having fun? Is this still fun? Because I, you know, when resentment starts to creep in, that is a good indicator that 
I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to get all woo-woo about it either. I don't think that's really either of our personalities, but it's really not, um, <laughs> but there's a little bit of, of truth to it where this idea of being out of alignment, like I was living in a state of resentment. That sounds really dramatic. I guess it wasn't like I was done. <laughs> I didn't know that there was another option the mm-hmm. way that I was living before. So I don't think I was aware of the fact that I was resentful all the time. There were days I was resentful and I knew it, but in general, I don't think I knew. And then once I experienced the freedom of being an an entrepreneur, of making my own hours, making my own rules, doing things my own way and making more money than I ever made in my J-O-V, right? And it was fun. And there's so much freedom in that. And once you experience it, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't think I could ever, ever go back to working for someone else when it doesn't feel fun. I like to look at why. Does it not feel fun because I have other priorities that need my attention and business has become the front seat when it needs to be the back seat right now? Or Mm -hmm. am I not having fun because I made a decision that I didn't actually want to make or I said yes or no to something that didn't actually match. My best friend always says, do my insides match my outsides? So am I presenting outwardly the way, am I making decisions outwardly? Am I interacting with other people outwardly the way that me on the inside really wants it to be? Am I resentful because my prices are too low? Am I resentful? You know, like what, (laughs) what about it isn't fun and what would it take to feel fun again? So do I need to take something off my plate Or do I need to look at like, there's a pain point here and what would help take that away? What will it take for that to get, how can we make that easier? And if we can eliminate those obstacles or lessen them, then business is fun again. And so honestly, I think that's like a big way of how I define success. That's a great answer. Mining comparison is going to sound so horrible. Are you ready? I think our listeners with time, I know you will, with time, listeners are really going to see the difference in our personality types. You're so sweet and kind and thoughtful. And I feel like I'm so the opposite. No, you're not. Listen, in a good, it's like a, it's fine. I'm okay with it. But (laughs) but my response to what do I define as success? I remember um, I had a conversation very early on with one of my very first clients and she asked me, what are your goals? Like, what do you want more than anything else in the world? And my response to her was, I want to make a lot of money. That has always motivated me since I was a little girl. I remember going to elementary school and pocketing all of my lunch money because I I loved the idea of having my own cash. Didn't matter where it was coming from, but I have always loved the idea of having and earning and making my own money, which is why I've worked my entire life. And I guess probably it's fueled if we want to get deep, it's fueled probably because I grew up with not a ton of access to money. And I just always knew money doesn't grow on trees. So I need to work for it. Um, One of my amazing clients, her name is Debbie Sasson. Shout out to Debbie. She is a um, nervous system coach that works around money coaching. And so in working with her, I've really learned about my money story and what, you know, we'll talk about this more. I'm getting down a rabbit hole, but (laughs) Really, my goal was to make as much money as possible. I want to be able to support myself. It's incredibly important and empowering to me to be able to, you know, support myself. Um, and then that's the that's probably my honest answer. And then my backup answer is that I grew up in a family of small business owners, and I love small business owners. 
I absolutely love when, when a client comes to me and they're like, I have this business idea or I have this program I want to sell coaching, whatever it is. And I can help them bring that and make it successful. It fuels me every single day. I am, nobody is more invested in my client's success than I am. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I love your answer. Mine is not near as thoughtful, but that's the response. I have two questions for you. Sure. First, I want to know, Yes. For, let me, let me acknowledge and validate. I want to make a lot of money too. Hello. No, I know you do. And I want to have fun, but that and, is not my, my no Okay. But one. also making lots of money is so fun. Like it's it is, so, it is fun. so fun. It is. And, fun. and knowing that I built that and I make that much money because of me, because of mm-hmm. my, my own, what I built, like what I did, I did that. Like that is so fun. Mm-hmm. So they go together, but okay. Since I defined it as fun and you defined it as money, I need to know (laughs) when, if you were to have a client turnover or you were to have a big expense come up and you didn't necessarily have the revenue coming in to meet it or whatever, if you run into an obstacle with money, how does that make you feel like you're unsuccessful? No, because I think I subscribe. I know I do. I say, I think, but I'm going to, my goal for one of my goals for 2023 is to start speaking with more authority. So I'm going to say, I know that I have the ability to fill a client spot, to raise the cash. There is endless amounts of money in the world. So I don't panic. I'm kind of going through a very unique situation now. This is the first time in my year of working full-time as a virtual assistant that I have had clients decrease their hours going into 2023 because the economy is horrible right now. There's a lot of pressure going into the new year to, you know, look at your finances, decide what's important, what you can scale back on. And so this is the first time I've had clients come and say, hey, I want to cut my hours in half. I do not panic. That does not scare me whatsoever. And it's because I've put the foundation in place to continue that growth. So I don't feel like a failure at all or that I'm unsuccessful because that happens. I look at it as this is a time for me to focus on my business and then I'll pivot. I'll pivot and do something different. I'll add something different to my offer or I'll look for more clients. To me, I look at it as a learning opportunity more than anything. You know, let's pivot. Let's look and see what we can do to change it up a bit. Does that does that answer the question? Totally. Okay. Cool. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about is some, you've mentioned a couple of things about what the support has been like on your side and what your family's reactions and responses have been to you doing this. So tell me about that. What's your support system like? Great question. So I have been married to my husband for almost two years. We have been together for a total of almost six, which is crazy how much time has flown. He is incredibly incredibly supportive. I am very lucky that I found a partner who believes in my dreams and believes in my goals and doesn't blink an eye when I'm working on a deadline at one o'clock in the morning. You know, he is super supportive. He works full time, which is great outside of the home. So I have the house to myself. We do not have any children together. However, I have two wonderful stepdaughters who I adore. And so I, I I do find myself very lucky that I have the ability to be selfish in a way in my business. I'm very fortunate that my partner is so incredibly supportive to me. Now, if you ask me about my family back home, I mentioned that I'm from a small town. They have no idea what I do. 
<laughs> and anytime I try to describe it, it is absolutely impossible. And when I speak to any other virtual assistants, I'm like, how are you describing your job to people? Because when you say a virtual assistant, they think, oh, you sit around and you manage somebody's calendar all day. Well, I do do that. That's fair. But I also create marketing campaigns for big corporations and, you know, create social media strategies for medium-sized businesses. It's a lot of work that people don't appreciate or understand unless it's one of my clients, which to me is the best part because they appreciate everything that you do. Interestingly, we have some things in common there. My partner is named Eric and he is, as I mentioned, very supportive. He, you said you're my biggest cheerleader. I, I would say you're my second biggest. He is my biggest cheerleader. He (laughs) honestly makes, yeah, he honestly makes me believe that if I wanted to take over the world, I literally could. Like he thinks I am just smart and talented and capable. And anytime I need a pep talk, all I need to do is just turn to him because he definitely not just believes it, but makes me believe it. So that's incredible. And I'm very, very lucky and fortunate to have that partnership in my life, especially in this chapter of building this business. I also am a stepmom, so we have no kids together, but he has three fairly grown kids at this point. My stepkids, two two stepsons and a stepdaughter. And meeting somebody else the same age as me who also has grown stepkids is a really interesting thing to have in common. And my parents, my mom and is like my best friend and She's very critical of entrepreneurship because she was formerly married to my dad, who is a serial entrepreneur. (laughs) And um, so it's made her very weary. My dad has never done like online business, though. It's always been Mm. brick and mortar or he's a musician. He's been a musician for many years. And so he's got the entrepreneurial bug and the entrepreneurial spirit. And he and I definitely have it in common that we pretty much look at anything and think, this is how I could do that better and Mm. have since we were children. And so we have that in common, but my mom is so cautious when it comes to like entrepreneurial endeavors, but I've been surprised at how supportive and encouraging she's been and how much she's believed in me. And one of the great joys in having accomplishments and celebrating accomplishments is telling her because I know that she's proud of me anyway, but when I can share a success story with her or celebrate a win with her, it feels like, like more proof because I, I feel like her voice is in my head as my, I don't want to say critic because she's not critical of me. That sounds really rude. She, she is very supportive of me, but she is cautious and she's a planner. And so anytime I'm going to tell her about an idea or something like in life, I want to do this, you know, that kind of thing. I always have to think before I talk to her, what are her questions going to be? Because that's going to be her immediate reaction is like, what am I worried about? So I'm very lucky that not everybody in my life gets what I do, but they're pretty supportive of what I do. And I think the big thing that I was just really missing before you and I really connected, like we did personal on a personal level is just like a friend who gets it. My, my two closest friends are supportive of me doing this. They were definitely nervous when I said I was going to do this initially, but they are continuously celebrating with me and and hyping me up and proud of me, but they do not know 
anything about entrepreneurship except what I've told them and they do not get it. So I really long to have that like intimacy with somebody where I'm very close to somebody personally. And also we can talk about the ins and outs of daily business. Yeah, totally. I, you know, I, I realized pretty early on that if I was going to work for myself and start a business and go down the journey of entrepreneurship, and I, this is advice I give to anybody, guard who you tell your ideas to. And I say that because people are not always going to support you. People are not always going to encourage you. And the fastest way to dim your light about something is by telling someone who is unsupportive or doesn't understand it. That is the quickest way. When I started working as a virtual assistant, I didn't tell anybody except my husband. I kept it extremely close to the chest because I knew people were going to look at the corporate job that I had and tell me how fortunate I was that I was given this great opportunity and make me feel in some way guilty because I was choosing another path. And sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it's just not a smart decision to throw your greatest passion or excitement about something in front of just anybody. So if I could give anybody advice, that is the number one thing. And that goes back to how much I love and adore working with you is there are some clients that I can't even share things with, you know, it's just the way things are, unfortunately, because people aren't always going to be supportive of you. I think that is really good advice. And I think my biggest piece of advice would be to keep going. So, you know, we talked about pivoting and we talked about keeping it fun. And I think those are really important, but I also think that a lot of people who struggle in entrepreneurship don't give it enough of a chance. I think that what I've witnessed both when I worked for small businesses uh, as an employee and also knowing a lot of business owners and working with a lot of business owners, the constant pivot is if that's a pattern, a constant pivot, and you're not where you want to be as far as making lots of money, <laughs> then then that's something to look at. And that's something to try to be aware of and hone in on. Because I think that there's a lot of things that I have thought, I don't know that that's necessarily what I want to do. But when I stick with it, it ends up making a lot of money, you know? Yeah. And, I, and if it's a really good idea, just because it doesn't work right out of the gate or it doesn't become this crazy success story, you know, that's what we're reading and seeing all over social media are like these crazy success stories, overnight mm-hmm. successes, you know, this mom of a ton of little children who has this really hard backstory and all this stuff. She just overnight had this insane success and now she's a multi seven figure earner. And it makes all of us feel like I don't have half of the circumstances she has. And also I am making not even half the money that she's making. So what Mm -hmm. is my excuse? Like what's wrong with me? And those stories are either false or they're outliers. Those are not the consistent stories. And so back to a little bit of like how we define success, you can make enough money to live on and then you can keep making more money just being a person and you don't have to be perfect and you can make mistakes and you can have flops and things are going to take time, but you can still be quote unquote, a success story, right? Like a hundred percent outlier. Exactly. I remember starting out and getting my first client and It was a four hour client for a whole month. So four hours of work for the entire month. And I remember just telling myself, 
you're going to give it the best shot that you can start small, you know, work your way up. And some of my smallest clients when I started are now my largest clients. And had I given up and said, well, I can never, you know, I can never make a lot of money. If I'm just working with these small little accounts, I would have never met you, which you were not a four hour client. You were much more than that, but you, we have also grown together. Your business has grown. Our business together has grown and it's, it's because I was willing at the time, this is not me patting me on myself on the back, but at the same time, hello, I hung in there and grew accounts that needed love and nurturing and assistance. And now they're some of my biggest, I could have easily gotten discouraged easily, but it's because I decided I'm going to ride this out. If they pay me $20 a month, I'll do it, you know, until I can grow my own personal book of business. And that is amazing advice coming from you to just like, keep going, like keep going. Yeah. Keep trying. And if you know, it's a good idea, if you know, it's a good idea, then it is going to work. It's just not going to work overnight. And that is normal. It's normal. A hundred percent normal. Amanda, you can pat yourself on the back. This is a space, as millennial as that sounds, this is a space where we get to do that. We get to pat ourselves on the back, you know? And we also want you to do that. If you're listening, we want you to do that too, to pat yourself on the back and tell us what you're patting yourself on the back for. Because we, this is a space where we do that. You're totally right. I mean, every once in a while I put on my Instagram stories, tell me something you're proud of. Tell me something that you've done recently. I want to celebrate with other people. It fuels me personally to hear about other people's success. It pushes me harder. I want to be up there with you guys. I want to be, I mean, I want to push you too. So if you're listening to this, please tell us what you've got going on. same friend of mine who says about your insides matching your outsides. She also loves to ask, and I, I don't know if this was hers or if this came from Glennon Doyle. She's a big Glennon Doyle fan. So I I apologize if I'm misattributing, (laughs) but I, she is the one I've heard say it. She always asks us, what are you giving yourself a goddamn trophy for today? (laughs) Love it. I absolutely love that. That's so good. And so true. And I think not to make it about gender, but I do think it's it's part of being a woman in business too. It almost feels like you need to apologize <laughs> for your success. I have to, I fight that every single day. You know, I and do. And apologize for your pride. Like yeah. you're allowed to be successful as long as you're modest about it. Oh yeah. I learned that very recently. I wanted to share again, this goes back to my advice, which I did not listen to in this circumstance. And I, this is why it's so fresh on my mind is I wanted to share my, a milestone that I had hit in my salary with my dad. He has been with his company since he was a a young man and he is a company man through and through, which is why I think he braced for impact when I told him that I was leaving a corporate job. And so I saw him this past weekend. I was like, Hey, guess what? This is, you know, the milestone that I've hit for this year. And it's only my first year of business. And I'm so excited about 2023 and nobody is going to support you or be as excited as you are for your business. So all that to say, my dad's response was, oh, that's great. That's great. You know, where I, all I really wanted, cause I am a daddy's girl. All I ever wanted was my dad to be like, no way. You know, the response that I had when I found out that I hit my milestone, you know, so protect who you tell things to remember that you can a hundred percent be excited about your achievements and here at big brave business, we want to hear about it. We really do. Yes. 
will be as excited as you are for you. So if that's an experience you can relate to in your life or in your support system and your network and your family and your friend group, whatever it is, then we'll be the friend group. You can tell those things to, and we are going to be just as excited for you as you are, no matter what the milestone is. It doesn't matter if it's your first thousand dollars in revenue ever. It doesn't matter if it's seven figures, right. Or anything in between, or even less than if it's your first dollar, like we will celebrate with you because that they're all a big deal. And wherever you, whatever you're working on and whatever is important to you, if you are excited and happy about it, this is a place where we get to be excited and happy. (laughs) Exactly. And listen, my first paycheck was $120 from being a virtual assistant. I cried like a baby. I will celebrate anything with anybody about their business. I love that. My first big moment like that, my first big goddamn trophy moment was my first sales call or it was an in-person meeting because it was before the pandemic. And so we were still doing things in person like that. But my first big sales meeting that I went in person, they were strangers to me. And it was a company that I knew of, that I knew about, and that I had experience with on the consumer side. And when they said yes, I drove home on cloud nine and it was like such a cool feeling. And that was my first sales call, you know, like my first sales meeting. And then to get the yes, it just was like, ah, it was so cool. So anyway, yeah, I think that this has been a pretty good introduction to who we are. And also I think this has been a good like peek behind the curtain of what kind of conversations we are going to have on this podcast and in the big, brave business community in general. I a hundred percent agree. I hope that this has been encouraging to you more than anything. I hope that it's encouraging to someone out there. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, if it's something that's in your heart, if you're still at your corporate job, or if you're still trying to just find your footing, like this is the place for you. We're here for you. I think this has been a really good intro into what you can expect from our personalities too. So I'm, I'm very excited. I cannot wait for next week's episode. We've got some amazing things planned. No one is more excited about this podcast than Sarah and I, and we are so pumped to meet with so many of you and connect with so many listeners. One last thing we do want to connect with you. So there's a couple of things we are asking from you. First of all, if this is the kind of space you can get behind, and if you're excited to check it out and hear more content from us, please make sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And if you liked it, leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts or Spotify, wherever you like to listen, because it helps other people find the show too. And it's really important to us that people who need the community that we need, that they can find us. And so it helps more people find us. The other way that we really want to connect with you is on Instagram. So you can follow us at Big Brave Business. How cool that we got that handle, by the way. Unbelievable that it wasn't already taken. I'm so happy. (laughs) Yes. So go follow us over there. We have some really cool things planned for Instagram. And I guess we'll see you in the next episode. See you soon. Bye.